Welcome back to the Barrel Talk Podcast. This is episode 72. I'm joined with Isaac Stolmeyer and Nick Gwynn talking some hoops today. How are we doing? Doing well. I'm tired. I'm very tired. You're tired? What happened? Uh, yeah. You just what get happened? off work? I did just get off work. Like did... it is it's eleven fifty-seven and I got off work at ten fifty. So I got off work an hour ago. How'd it go? And I mean, it work was okay until the last half hour before close when six tables showed up. Mm. So I had to deal with that. And then I had to deal with all the cleaning up after that. And then, of course, I didn't have any time to do any of my closing side work because I was dealing with eight tables or six tables. So yeah, I did not get out till late. So yeah, I am I'm exhausted, but at the same time, money I am. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it's oh, a you know it's a Tuesday, yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't any it wasn't that busy before we got there. Gotcha, but gotcha. Uh, you got me over. I think I made like one fifty. So yeah, there you go. Not bad on a two to eleven. Um, no, I'm ready to talk some hoops, yeah. especially our sons, Nick. Our I'm sons, gonna, baby. Our sons. Hey, I have them in the final. I had them winning in the finals until y'all convinced me to go with the Sixers bit. You're welcome. So, you're welcome. You have to go this with the Sixers, happen. man. I, it's like it's a, it's, a, it's their year, but uh, Suns are going to meet him in the finals at least. That's that's what I that's what I'm hoping for because they're a fun team, man. And KD, I think he, I want to see him win a ring without Steph Curry. You know, I I like KD. I want to see him get one for the legacy. You know, I just don't know if it's possible. Then also CP three. <laughs> nah, no. I I do want to see the Suns win. It's just. I'm still up in the air on if they get there because like what we're gonna be talking they, about like all the series, like all the series are pretty much through two games at this point. Yeah, so I'll be breaking down all of them. We're gonna start with Suns and Clippers who just wrapped up Game Two. Clippers still, it, I'm going in that locker room head held high, even though we lose Game Two, came in, stole one on the road. That's the whole point. The series doesn't start till one of the road teams t- steals a game, but. I still worry a little bit, like I said, kind of when the KD trade went down about the depth of Phoenix. Because in game one, like TJ Warren, no minutes. Josh Koji, who really down the stretch of the season was playing a ton of minutes. And was really that fifth guy, other than like the starters for the Suns. He barely plays in game one, but then you see Shane may get 24 minutes. And then somebody like Damian Lee, who is top five, Shooter in the league percentage, just percentage wise this year. Uh, he yeah. barely gets any minutes. He got a couple of good minutes tonight, and then, like, uh, he just kind of utilized the bench a little bit more. I still think you need to play TJ Warren more. I think TJ yeah, Warren could could really help you guys with some shot creation off the bench because you guys don't really have any of that really coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. DJ Warren got has to play more. Bismack gave you guys some good minutes instead of Landell. But if I'm Phoenix, I'm still worried because Torrey Craig is not consistently giving you 17 on five threes. And D-Book did have 38. Kevin Durant had a pretty good game. Chris Paul and Aiden played better than they did in game one, but still worried about the depth because Clippers were still right in this game till the very, very end. But I don't know. I'm still worried. I think this series is still definitely up in the air. Especially with the Clippers stealing one of the games in Phoenix is huge. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I'm for sure worried about our depth. 
because like you said, I don't expect um, Troy Curry to play that well every game. I don't, I don't expect that at all. And I, I don't know, do y'all know, I don't know if campaign is like coming back soon. I have no clue. No clue. I don't know. But we really need his minutes, I think. I don't know. Which, like you said, we need another play. We need a playmaker off the bench because I feel like every single time we go down to two, like Devin Booker, just with four bench guys, it just fuck the bent the fucking lead goes away completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Warren needs to get more minutes, like you said. DeAndre Aiden played better. Um, he made he made a lot more of his shots. I didn't really I, again. I didn't see much aggression. But he played a little bit better on the boards. Like you said, Biombo gave us good minutes. Um, but like I don't know, I'm not worried. But Isaac was talking about us in the finals, and right now we are not playing like a team that's going to the finals, and we're playing a team that has no Paul George. So you also, I it also is the Clippers, probably the deepest and most well coached team in the whole league. Yeah, this is why the series is like as close as it is, even without Paul George. But like, I'm just looking at like minutes played. Like, I think T.J. Warren should eat up all 13 minutes and 60 seconds of uh, Landry Shamit's minutes. Landry Shamit should not be getting this many minutes. Um, Josh Koji should not be touching the floor. I think a Koji would have played a lot more if Tory Craig wasn't having that the game he was having. But while I'm looking at the Clippers, um. Batum probably had, should have had a better game. Only played about 19 minutes. Westbrook, very good game. Efficient on all levels. Kawhi Leonard was obviously... I think Kawhi Leonard's been the best player on the court in these first two games. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's played the best in the two games. And then I do I do anticipate the adjustments being made in game two. Like before the pod, me and Nick were talking about... Um, I think Robert Covington's going to get playing time in this next game because in the fourth quarter, drop coverage killed. The Clippers late game, and it was kind of too late to really make any real adjustments on it. It was only like two minutes left in the game. And um, I think you're going to see a lot more switching, definitely in game two, just because Chris Paul or game three. Yeah, just because Chris Paul is and D-Book and KD work in that mid range. And if you're going to continue to run drop coverage and allow D-Book to pull up from three and Chris Paul to really be able to create on a big. But. I think that's the one adjustment I would make if I'm the Clippers. Definitely going more switch heavy. But mm-hmm. Clippers are going to need Westbrook to have a another really good game. Yeah. And his defense. I don't, I don't know stellar, if he's capable so. of doing that. I think defensively, his defense is yeah, stellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he can do that, but I don't know if he's capable of having back to back good offensive games. <laughs> we'll see. But like I said, I predicted him having a better game. Like most of the some of those layups in the first game were all good shots. They just were all rimming out. But like two for three from three, that might might not happen. He every single time, efficient. Every single time he's at the top of the key and he saw that he was one on one, he just would drive to the basket and just get some of the fucking defender on his hip and just fucking. No, this this was a huge Westbrook game. The three of nineteen was absolutely. But I mean, they won. But they won. So. But they won because of Westbrook's defense. Honestly, down yes. that stretch. Absolutely, he his value is is so immense in many other ways, and his offensive rebounding too was in game one was huge. He had 
five offensive rebounds in game one. And in game two, um, I'm not seeing that if he hit any. He only had five boards. I don't know how many of those were offensive, but uh, so that's he had one offensive rebound. Yeah, limiting limiting those offensive rebounds from your point guard is kind of huge, honestly. Those are extra possessions, you know. In game one, it just felt like every offensive rebound Westbrook got was just so critical for that time in the game. It's a huge momentum swing. Yes, because it's like, wow, now you're having Booker and Katie, who's already played however many minutes, play another 24 seconds of defense. Then they got to reset, readjust, you know. They're yeah, not, like they're not ready. Half of them were looking to go set up on offense. Kawhi, we, we take Kawhi Leonard for granted. I know Kawhi Leonard isn't always the healthiest guy in the world, but when he's healthy, we see shit like this from him. He's guarding Kevin Durant, getting his teammates involved 31, 8, and 7 tonight with three steals, efficient splits. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the only guy in the league that can take on this kind of workload offensively and also go and guard the other team's best player effectively. Because I feel like in all the one-on-one situations, he's done phenomenal job on Durant. It's when Durant gets the pin downs and the screens to have Kawhi Leonard get behind him on his hip and Kevin Durant's long enough to shoot over Kawhi Leonard when Kawhi Leonard's chasing him from behind. That's that's just KD. Yeah. But Kawhi did a fantastic job tonight. I mean, from what I saw. Yeah. But very, very well. I just wish Paul George was healthy, but it's always something with the Clippers. Somebody's always hurt. Somebody's always day to day. I just wish we got to see a healthy series between these two because if Paul George was healthy, I mean. Yeah, it'd be different. We we talked about it, but that's that's. But he's not. Just get healthy. Just get healthy. But he's not. You're just not healthy. That that sucks. Um, Another series we can jump to. Also, a game two happened tonight. Knicks and Cavs. Cavs dominant win. Definitely needed win. I think Phoenix and Cleveland were both in must win territory because they were going to go. They're obviously going. Game three and four on the road. Don't want to lose complete home court. But even with the Knicks, like, kind of getting blown out in this game, like the Clippers, heads held high, came in, did what they needed to do, took one on the road. And honestly, I think this this is a series that I expected the Cavs to win because I didn't really know about the Julius Randle injury, how much that was going to hamper his game. Mm -hmm. But... This series is going to – I don't see the series going anything less than seven. Yeah, it, these, these it has are to. very evenly matched. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It yeah, has to. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, box score, just looking at the Knicks. Just a rough shooting night for the starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight of 20, five of 17, four of 13. Um, that's that's not great. You don't want to see that. O of three and O of two – or one of eight from your two guards – we're talking one for eleven from three. That's and that's not great. So well, no, 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 that's not great. Not great. I don't I don't know if the Cavs are gonna get blessed with another stinker like this from the Knicks, but probably not, especially not at MSG. But Garland also had a monster night. Yeah. Because Knicks started out strong. It's just Garland got hot in that second quarter. And the Cavs, I mean, 
enough can't be said about their defense and especially with Mobley. He didn't win defensive play of the year yet, but I think he's going to. If not next year, then probably the season afterwards. This this Cavs defense is pretty pretty solid and they I know they contest a lot of threes. That's that's a big part of their defensive strategy is to not let up open threes. So you know, gotta give them some credit here. I can't I can't blame it all on the Knicks just not being a good shooting team. Oh yeah. Carousel a huge game off the bench. Yeah. He pretty much took all of Isaac Okoro's minutes because he had 24 and played four, damn near 40 minutes. That yeah. And, and but that's something you don't always want to need and expect from Karis Levert, especially if you're Cleveland. Did Okoro get hurt or is he just not a good No, he got in foul mix. trouble and then got pulled. Mm. Yeah, it looks like yeah, he quicked up two quick fouls and he's been struggling shooting the ball. So they plugged in Karis Levert and he took advantage of those minutes. Hot hand. I respect it. But I mean, see, the thing about like this series is the Knicks want to muck the game up. Hmm. They want to slow the game down, I feel like, compared to Cleveland. Because I feel like that's where the Knicks, because I feel like they get too OC sometimes. But if I'm the Knicks, the key to winning this series has to be R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett has to be better. You need at least 15 to 20 out of R.J. Barrett if you really want to win this series. Because Quickly's been struggling. He had Quickly at 12, but R.J. Barrett... 14 but he had to work for that 14 it wasn't an easy 14 for rj barrett it seems like nothing is ever an easy 20 ball for rj barrett that's rj barrett was number two i think you need at least 20 from him if you're gonna win minimum 25 even these the Cavs have donovan mitchell not to mention darius garland who can go off for 30 at any point and two of the best defensive guys in the nba they need a lot from rj barrett because julius randall's hurt uh, Jalen Brunson can only do so much. He's undersized, and the Cavs have a lot of tall, lengthy guards who can trap him. Mitch Rob has no offensive game. Quinn Grimes is just awful. Like, shoot, I'm not really sure if I trust Quentin Grimes. And so they need, I think they need a lot from RJ Barrett, who was on the same level as Zion Ja coming into the league, right? And we're asking for 20 points. Yeah, I, I, I might, I might, I might sell my stock in RJ Barrett. I, I might be out. You're selling it, man. I, I don't know, man. I loved him coming into the league, being a lefty. Um, you know, I always love seeing other lefties, but he has just not taken that leap. Does he? That you, he can't use his right hand as a lefty. He doesn't really have that strong of a right need, hand. You need to be able to. Like that's like day one, man. That was even like fifth grade coaches have you dribbling with your right hand. You know, doing right handed layups. And he's always no, just, he's all, his shots always been up and down. That's that's how it was. That's how it was for us. Not, not, not with me. I'm left handed and that didn't happen. And I played basketball. Big head. Hmm. Well, so don't don't discriminate I guess, against. against I guess all maybe he just didn't have. Just this, making this, a big assumption here. You know, I I just had some great coaches growing up. I guess what can I say? No, this is true. <laughs> I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I just. I mean, Jalen Brunson is an absolute stud, but he can only do like the defense is gonna ignore RJ Barrett at some point. They're just gonna focus on Brunson. Yeah, uh, I do believe that Julius Randle and uh, Jalen Brunson can match the production of Donovan Mitchell and Garland. I think they can they match up well when it comes to they duo. Can. It's Randall's just, just hurt. 
yeah, but I mean, Randall still had a good game one, and then him and nobody on the Knicks shot the ball well he in the game two. But... And then it's just they need, and the in game one it was Josh Hart who had a big game, big performance, but they need like quickly and Barrett to really ramp up and get going offensively, which I think they can do at home because we'll talk about it later and role players playing better at home, especially come playoff time. So where I think, especially at MSG, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be a tie series. I think it's going to be insane environment. Yeah, I can see Emmanuel quickly having a game, and you see Knicks take game three, in my opinion. I think that's how it goes. I got Knicks probably winning game three. And then I think the Cavs could easily win game four. I think either way, we probably come back to Cleveland, knotted up. Tied at twos. twos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then whoever wins game five, it's, mm, it's going to be tough because if it goes two twos, then Knicks take game five, game six, winning a game on the road in MSG is going to be tough. But right now it's at once. And they got a game three to play. I, Can't I wait. just want to highlight Donovan Mitchell's stat line real quick. Had a very 2023-2022 uh, James Harden-esque line. Um let me, let me scroll here, get it. Uh, six of 11 shooting, two of five from three. So decent efficiency, a little above 50%, a little below um, at 40 on a three. But 13 assists and 17 points, only two turnovers, too. Um, I mean, just absolute great night distributing the ball for Donovan Mitchell. It's it's something that he's really developed. Uh, when he came in the league, you know, he was mostly just a pure scorer, but he has really mm-hmm. worked on his playmaking ability, and mm-hmm. it definitely helps playing next to Garland that he, uh, Mitchell can share some of those uh, point guard responsibilities, let Garland you know, score like what he can do. Mm-hmm. So, Cavs are dangerous, man. Yeah, they, for a long time, like they're they're gonna be they're gonna be a threat. One one more thing, just because you brought it up. Um before we go into the next series is like, I think allowing D Mitch to have more of a primary ball handler role is going to help Garland out, get his offense going a lot more, especially if like they get out of this series and have to go play a team like Milwaukee um, or possibly even Boston or Philly. They need Garland to give them 20 to 25 a night if they want to compete with those high end teams in the East, but it does unlock an a lot more of Darius Garland's game, having him more off the ball. Cause we know Donovan Mitchell can get his on whoever he wants to in the league. It's more oh, of yeah. Darius Garland getting into a rhythm in the game early on compared to him getting everybody else involved. And then he's kind of trying to find his rhythm in middle of the game, third quarter. So I think it's going to be huge if they can get Garland more involved offensively like he was tonight. But and then the next series kind of, Gloss over this one because this one's over with. But Boston and Atlanta, maybe Atlanta takes one at home. No, maybe. No, I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't even know if they do that anymore. I might have been like our. They're not supposed to be here. They're bad. This is supposed to be Toronto, by the way. Yeah, they're not supposed to be here. Oh, you know what? I don't even know if I had the Hawks. No, this is supposed to be Miami. This is supposed to be Miami. Yeah, I had the Heat. I also had had the Heat. Heat. I still have Celtics and five, but um, um, it's just Boston's just too good. 
for them. Too deep at the guard position, especially for somebody like Trey Young, who they're just going after every time they can. And you can't you can't hide Trey Young on anybody because I always compare hiding Trey Young to like hiding Steph Curry way back in the day when Steph Curry was like super skinny, didn't really have any strength to him. But now yeah. Steph Curry's a lot stronger to where he can bang it with bigger guards because I feel like that was Curry's problem back in the day. But Trey Young, he's too small. Like he's, it doesn't matter who you try to hide him on. Derek White, Brogdon, Smart, all of these guys are going to go at Trey Young. Yeah. And be successful with it. I mean, nine for 22, two for eight. I mean, 24 points, it ain't good enough to beat Boston. That's typical for him. Lately. It's just, I wouldn't be shocked, man. I, I really wouldn't be shocked if they were to move on from Trey Young because they have a DeJounte Murray. And they have other decently young pieces around that team and DeJounte Murray. I mean, DeJounte Murray, I mean, 29.6 for six, six rebounds, six assists, and four steals, 11 for 24, seven for 13 for three. I mean, I don't expect DeJounte Murray to knock down seven threes every game, but DeJounte Murray can give you 27, seven and seven. Yeah. And he had a plus minus of, he was even zero. Um, And Trey Young had a plus minus of minus eight. God damn! On the team, yeah. So, I just feel like people are starting to figure Trey Young out. You just gotta make Trey Young guard. You make him guard. I mean, uh, it's the Hawks. Just they have so much shit to work out. I think they get swept. I don't think this is even a contest. No, the Celtics get the brooms out. Yeah, get those brooms out. The Celtics even. I. Check the score. I have a friend who's a Celtics fan, and he texted me, and it was like Jalen Brown turned the ball over a bunch. So I assumed that the Celtics were losing, but and it was it was kind of close. But I think this score wise, this thirteen point game is the closest we're going to see it. That the it, the Hawks are just totally outmatched. It, it mm-hmm. they like like Nick said, they do not belong here. This should have been the Heat. Mm-hmm. I think. Um. Trey Young just got hot in the playing tournament. Just was finally making some shots. And then he just really regressed back to like what? Just two, yeah, two of eight, 25% of it. He's had a rough um, year shooting the ball. Yeah. But moving on to next series, we have, we can go Lakers, Memphis. That is the first game that comes on tomorrow. Um, John Morant's questionable. They said it's a game time decision. I got Lakers in six. So. If John Morant doesn't play, I don't yeah. think Memphis gets a game. That's so tough. I think, like, even if he him. even if he plays, is he going to be a hundred percent? No, no. Yeah, like, I don't know. I I don't now. I don't see a world where the Grizzlies win. I think is we it, are, especially with Stephen Adams and Clark already being out, you add yeah, John exactly. to that list. It's not yeah, looking great. Is, um, is it so shooting, shooting hand? I don't even know. It's honest. his left hand. So non shooting? Non shooting. I want to say it's his left it? hand. I mean, still, like. I don't remember. Is he left handed? It's, no. it's all about paint tolerance at that point. Yeah. But like, but like Memphis, it's not like 
put this in the terms like it's not like John Morant is in the Chris Paul role right now or like a James Harden role where he's primary playmaker. They need John Morant to playmake and give them 30 and to compete CS. with the Lakers. Yeah. I've been red hot, honestly. I mean, it feels like their role players are just playing out of their minds, like Austin Reeves and D and everything else. We both had Rui good Hachimara. games in game one. Yeah, Ball like we got you more having a great game. Like their role players are stepping up and they would even if John Morant was healthy and you know they would need him to be special if they wanted to beat this Lakers team who's great defensively. Even with Ja, I took the Lakers in seven. So mm-hmm. without I thought him, yeah, I like gave Memphis said, the benefit of the doubt. If even if, if even if Jaws are, I'll give him one game, but if they if, if they're they so can't go if to, not see down two's up. All right. Um, I think they get swept if they don't win the, this game tomorrow. Yeah. Corey, so sorry, I don't mean to be that guy, but um don't be that guy. John Morant actually bruised his shooting hand, which is his it was a shooting hand. Okay. Oh, peace out, Grizzlies. So, See you next year. I knew nothing was like torn or broken. It's I knew something was wrong with it though. Bruise. Just a bruise, which still sucks, especially in your shooting hand. Not I I he might play game four, but or game three, but I don't know. Uh Maybe not tomorrow for game two. I mean, they did have game. They, it was game. It was Sunday, right? Yeah, game one was Sunday. They're playing game they've two had, tomorrow. They've had an extra day, so maybe mm-hmm. that swelling will go down enough, but it'll still be pretty sensitive. I think he'll. I think he'll end up playing tomorrow because I think they know probably. the importance of this game. Yeah, I mean, there's really realistically, their season's on the line here. Yeah, I. I, I mean, again, even if he plays, I just don't see nope. him playing at 100. percent This is where the Grizzlies win. would need like the AD stinker game. Yeah, he's probably he's probably not gonna be able to grip the ball, and as yeah. a dunker, that's pretty important. And one wrong move, like one wrong hit from somebody, yeah. and you're fucked. Or even see, if look, you just dunk and you hit your hand on the rim. Yeah, and anything. So I don't see him having. Yeah. Stuff. Grizzlies, like, I know there's still a whole series to play, but I don't think the Grizzlies should be hanging their heads if they lose to the Lakers because of they're losing because of injuries. I think the Grizzlies fully healthy. I think they beat the Lakers. Yeah, with yeah. Stephen Adams and Clark and John Morant fully healthy, I think they beat the Lakers. It's just they've I had agree. the bad injury bug, and it started with Stephen Adams, and then went to Brandon Clark, and then John Morant's been having his. All of the court stuff plus injuries throughout the end back half of the season. It was really hindered yeah. them. And yeah. I think they just got a bad matchup in that first round. Which we kind of knew was coming for any team in the first in the top two in Denver and Memphis with the plan, just because there was a point in time where it was either gonna be like Dallas, Clippers, Lakers, or Golden State. Yeah. So it was looking rougher. It was gonna be a tough matchup for anybody who would help play the plan teams in the West. Yeah, I I can't even lie. If the Lakers would have dropped to the eight seed, I would have pushed the Lakers and six agenda so hard. Like it would have been it would have been talked about on like TV pundits and they would have credited us. That's how hard it would have pushed the Lakers wow. and six agenda over the Nuggets. So the Lakers are a lot more dangerous than their seed reveals, you know, there. And you know, I hate the Nuggets, but um Lakers, they're no joke. And with the Warriors 
looking as rough as they are, you know, might be Lakers Kings round two. Don't. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, what say? Don't let don't let us win one. What about LeBron? That's a LeBron win one. In year twenty. See, we're gonna move on to Bucks and Heat. Um yeah, very enticing yeah. series right here. Um I don't see it just sucks because it seems like everything was like I was gonna sit I was sitting here, I was like, wow, Miami's just gonna, you know, push this Milwaukee team six, seven games, possibly fuck around and beat them if Giannis is hurt and everything. This is like right when the injury happened. I was like, wow. Giannis could possibly miss game two. And then Tyler Hero breaks his fingers. And then I'm like, so wow. Tough. That was so tough. Tyler Hero was having a phenomenal fucking game. But even if Giannis is hurt, I still think Milwaukee just has just still more scoring than Miami does, especially without Tyler Hero in the lineup. I mean, yeah, they and have... Kevin Love isn't giving you what he gave you in game one. Fuck no. Um, and are we really going to trust Duncan Robinson in 2023? No. Are we falling, are no. we falling for that again? I mean, not we, because I never fell for it. I hated it. I hated it. Day one. But uh, I like you said, Corey, he just can't keep up. Losing I just don't think they can score enough points. Is is a no. series breaker. Mm-hmm. Even with Hero, I don't know if they can. With, yeah, with Giannis hurt maybe like you. That's said, what maybe. my thing was when Giannis, Giannis initially got hurt. I was like, wow. I mean, Hero's hooping right now. Butler's hooping right now. Bam's hooping. I was like, this is another time where like the Heat can mess around and beat the Bucks or take this Bucks team deeper in the series. But if Giannis plays tomorrow, like I probably think he will play because they've had the extra day off. Mm-hmm. Um, and- I still just I think, I think. Them grabbing this game in Milwaukee is a plus, though, because they will be going back to Miami for three and four. I could see this getting pushed six. Just as I could see Jimmy Beller having a master class, and then Milwaukee ends up winning in six. Yeah, I can for sure see you going six. Just because of them snagging that game one in Milwaukee was huge. They always play a little better against the Bucs, too. And at home, Miami is a pretty tough team to beat, so... I could see it. I could see them winning a game in Miami. Mm-hmm. But it's all going to come down to Giannis's injury, which doesn't seem to be that severe. Seems to just be it's like a contusion. So I was surprised sure. to see him be taken out the whole game. Honestly, definitely out of an abundance of caution. Like yes, just, which was probably like, smart. They've seen like last year. You saw Joel go down with a like a freak injury in the first round. Like, and that just through the Sixers title chances, the Bucks the same way. They lose Giannis, they're they're done. They're, they're even with how so. good that roster is, they need Giannis yeah. to obviously he's best Booked. player in the world. Yeah. Booked. That's, yeah. So uh no. And it looks like and it's Giannis. I mean this is he he's probably the toughest dude in the league. I mean I w- he wouldn't miss a series. If he misses one game it'll be this game, but he won't miss any more than that. Mm-hmm. They might be feel confident, you know, holding out for one, but uh next next series kind of gloss over this one too, because I think this one's just as over as the Boston and Atlanta. Um Wolves and Nuggets. Snooze fest. 
I uh, just we have I haven't seen the. I don't know if Anthony Edwards is still dealing with that shoulder injury he had against the Lakers, but I just haven't seen Anthony Edwards really super and hyper aggressive like he needs to be. Cat and him both having off games, Denver one of the best home teams in the entire league. Denver just has too much for him, and Denver's actually playing more of like a team compared to the Wolves, which I thought the Wolves could be a little bit better just because they had the bigs to kind of match up with Jokic. That's what I thought too. But – it doesn't matter, like Rudy Gobert being a all-time great defender. He's not on the Utah Jazz where everything funnels to him anymore. Like, their Minnesota Timberwolves are not that kind of defensive team the Utah Jazz teams were. And he's kind of, at least all year from what I've seen, kind of been getting exposed. Like, he obviously can't hang with Jokic. You take him anywhere outside of right under the basket, he's a liability on defense because he's slow-footed. And with how slow-footed Jokic can be at times, it doesn't matter. He can still get by Rudy Gobert. He Jokic does whatever he wants to Rudy Gobert. It doesn't even matter. And then the only way they would even snag a game off this Denver team is if, like, an Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns explosion in Minnesota or something, which could happen, but I doubt it. I still think Denver wins. Probably sweeps them maybe, maybe five. Maybe one. Like, that's it. Yeah. I don't see Minnesota doing shit. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards just I don't know. I don't know, man. But they need they need another big piece. Yeah. And it's and it's one of and part of it is getting Rudy Gobert off that goddamn roster. Somehow. You can find some team to take him. That's the crazy thing about it. You can still you, probably find a team that could you use can something him like out. him. Yeah. Do it. I mean like the, was... this is that level of disaster. They also are missing JD McDaniels, their best perimeter defender. Yeah. That's, see, like I don't care. Like, yeah, that's just not. It still wouldn't have mattered. It's still <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it doesn't matter. And here's here's the thing too: is Rudy Gobert works great on a team surrounded by a bunch of good perimeter defenders, but Carl Anthony Towns is a center. He's not a good perimeter defender. He never will be. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. what you want from you know. That's not what you need from your center. You Bam and Bob is a different story. But you put Rudy Gobert on a team with a, like hypothetically not it's like it's going to happen, but like. uh the Celtics, a team that has a bunch of wings that they can just rotate in and out. Like that's a team that Gobert needs. So that way a really good the, defensive team on the perimeter rather than because then he could just he's really just the help side then. Yeah, exactly. Because they're they're filtering it all into him. He's getting, mm-hmm. you know, he's and then they're just, you know, because there's they're not a solid perimeter defensive group, you know, weak side lapses and then they just pass it over him or lob it up and he gets dunked on. So I will say it's not a real great fit i think they expected a little too much of him they saw locks and were like oh he'll lock down our defense they didn't realize that cat is so slow but i mean he's agile for a center that's not saying much offensively he's agile defensively he's not yeah no he doesn't he doesn't doesn't care on defense and it does suck because like they're kind of in this position a little bit because they didn't have carl anthony towns for a chunk of the season the whole basically first half of the season. I think they probably yeah, would have ended was. up finishing better than a play-in team, in my opinion, because they did lose their second-best player, in my opinion, for the whole year. But You think Ant, you think Ant is better than Cat? Yeah. I think that's what this team has come down to. But even even so, I mean, they, they have some question marks and stuff they need to figure out in the offseason, but Denver in five at best. 
I don't even know if I'm giving T-Wolves a game. It, it does not look good. Yeah. Um, Another gloss over kind of series. Philly and Brooklyn. It just seems like Nets good enough to keep it close first three quarters. They fall apart in the fourth or sometimes in mm. the second half. Look, the first half of that game, everything that could have went wrong did. Him, Johnson, who is such a dangerous shooter. I mean, Also on Embiid was wicked. That was nuts. I don't remember that happening, but I was told that that was nuts. Um, just, that was That's what Joel said. But uh, I just, like, the, everything that could have, the Sixers had just a shot, like, Brad Harden was horrible. And, like, the Nets were only up five at half. That lead was erased, like, three minutes into the third quarter. And the Nets didn't have a lead for the rest of the game. So it, it's like with the rest of these series, the Nets just don't have enough firepower to keep up. Defensively, they have no answer for – like they, they throw a, a double team at Joel and he'll just find an open shooter. I mean, they set a franchise record for threes in game one. And in game two, Maxi went off for 30-something. Uh, uh, Harris had 20. So – I, I I don't even know if I see them in a game. I gave them one in our prediction, but I don't think they're good. I think they're getting swept. Oh. I don't know. We'll see. Game three in Brooklyn coming up. The only question mark I have is I love that Boston and Philly are taking care of business. It's just James Harden hasn't looked the greatest. I think no. he's honestly kind of coasting. You have that's, that what, that's what you hope, right? You hope it's I, not something more serious than that. He'll, I think it's turns it's, it on against a real team. It's really something we need to realize from Harden, because as much as we would love the Harden in Houston, the scoring Harden, that average thirty six for a season, play with this Joel Embiid, I think they walk to the. Finals. I don't think there's a team in the East that could mess with them if they had that kind of that James Harden from Houston. Yeah, but they don't. And James Harden is he doesn't exist in the, anymore. In man. that that Chris, he's in that Chris Paul realm. I just think age caught up to James Harden. He's in that Chris okay. Paul role with a little bit more of a score scoring bag. Okay. In my opinion, I, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. James Harden is completely fine, averaging 15 and 12, 17 and 12 a game. He is perfectly fine with that. He knows he doesn't need to work as hard as just being the primary playmaker rather than being a guy who has to give you 30 and get the, his team involved. He lets Joel Embiid and Maxi handle the scoring while he's more of the playmaker. Yes, there's going to be games like when they play Boston where you're going to need James Harden to give you 25 to 30 in just that one game. I don't think we see James Harden really do too much scoring. But you need him to be efficient when he does score the ball. Yeah, three of thirteen. What is it? that? Is unacceptable. That and he happen. just struggles getting to the basket, which was a, which was what he did so well in Houston. He struggles to get to the basket. He not has athletics since the hamstring injury in Brooklyn. He struggles to get to the free throw line nowadays because he can't really get to the basket like that and draw that contact. So I just think. 
we need to understand that that James Harden of old, the James Harden who can give you 30 to 35 and no more. Bro, he's but, old now. They yes, but James Harden is that. still 15 to 18 with elite level playmaking. I mean, he averaged 21, so it's like 20 and 12. Yeah, and... but, but in the playoffs, I'm just talking about what he's done in that game one. Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. But for this Philly team, it's the key to them, I feel like it's more so Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey yeah, continuing to play big compared to James Harden because I kind of know what I'm going to get from Harden. Maxey's kind of still the wild card, in my opinion. Great young player, but still kind of getting used to everything, like being in this playoff atmosphere. And this is like the first team that they've had to where they can really make it run where he's like going to be a big part in it. So I think he's the key rather than all of it being focused on Harden because they need Maxi to play big against Boston. Yeah, my biggest thing for Philly is Harden just needs to get to the free throw line. That's where so much of our offense is generated is by those Harden drives. Mm-hmm. He's it, it, okay. It's not that he's not taking the drives. He's he's being he's being a bit more passive and shooting more threes, but he's also not getting the calls that he probably should and that's because in the in the playoffs refs kind of tighten up a little bit they don't call so mm-hmm. fouls. they let guys play a little more and Harden's whole thing is drifting you know it's so some of those cheap fouls those refs just are gonna just no that's fouling in the NBA fouls. is also different when compared to when Harden was in Houston compared to Harden now a lot of the He's... touch fouls and everything else that Harden was so great at getting called for calls for but at this point yeah they just call it differently I mean, it's also because it's James Harden. They know he's prone to like get a ton of free throws and foul calls drawn. Yeah. So this this uh this season he's only attempting six point two free throws a game. That's his lowest since his Thunder days. So Damn. he's Damn. yeah, and and it was around ten in Houston. That's so that's like two three drives a game that he's just not taking anymore. And then in the playoffs, it's even less. So he needs to be more aggressive. That I do think he is him. coasting. He's definitely coasting. I think he's coasting. I, I, I that's fingers crossed that that's all it is. He's just I think like, he's just I'm trying coasting. to stay healthy because he knows that you, you guys are going to take care of the Nets. And I think he, yeah, he's just trying he's, to stay healthy for the next round. I better I hope so. Hard. Part of that strategy is for him to just be a catch and shoot guy. That's part of how it works. This is a weird series for Philly. They have to play an odd game because Embiid, the scoring machine that he is, he's never going to see 35 this series. They're going to throw three bodies at him. They're going to throw four. They're going to throw three and Ben Simmons at him before they let Joel Embiid see 40 points. So. As long I, as the role players continue to knock down shots, they're gonna be fine. I yeah, Joel can score ten points, and I sure I'm sure he's happy as long as they get the win. So, mm-hmm. um, are we are we down to Warriors and Kings? Yes, I think is that I think that's the last one, which that's is the last one, which yep. is good. Because and I wanted that's... to talk about this. I need the floor. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Go to work. You, bud. All right. Let's hear it. Let's watch both these games start to finish. 
when I tell you we're down two. Wait, 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 wait. Down 0-2, by the way. No, I know. Golden, you're Golden State Warriors. Yeah, we're down 0-2 for okay, the first okay. time in Steph Curry's we're, career. I just want to – well, I just want to – okay, yeah. No, I know. No, I know. World champion. Yeah, I mean, defending champions. Right? Oh, yeah. 2-0. Down 0-2. Right. Team has no um, playoffs in 20 years. All right. Let's go. So, in my opinion, through the first two games – Two close, tight games. I think I've seen us play our worst basketball. And the crazy thing is, and it could be a positive or a negative, depending on the way you look at it. For me, I look at it as a positive, especially the first two games of the series, right? Game one, you get an absolute explosion off the bench from Malik Monk and Trey Lyles. You don't expect Malik Monk to average double his points that he averaged in the regular season, but it's playoff basketball, right? Role players play better at home, especially in front of that Sacramento crowd, which I've never in my life seen a crowd loud like that the entirety of a game, especially an NBA game, by the way. It's insane. But that was the next level stuff. But game one, didn't think we really even played that well, but still had a chance to win the game. Wiggins makes that three. We're tied up 1 1. Wiggins had probably the best look he's had you can't even draw up a better play to get a better look Wiggins just missed it we can live with that and then Curry missed the final shot on a runner floater three which because he took that shot they had a little bit more time I saw people saying oh Curry's not clutch because he missed the last shot Curry scored 12 in the fourth quarter he's the only reason why we were still in the game and he took that shot because he had a feeling he was gonna get blocked from behind but let's get to the two people I want to talk about fucking most on this team. And one of them is not Draymond Green. Yeah. One of them is Clay Thompson. When oh, you look. That was going to be George Poole. He's the second one. When you look at the box score, Clay Thompson in game one, 21 points, right? In game one. When you go to game two, here's my problem with game two. Clay Thompson started out the game fine. But I think Clay Thompson despawned and didn't spawn back into the game until the game was damn near over with under two minutes left in the game. And then he decides to hit two threes that damn near were meaningless. But I'm like, Clay Thompson basically disappeared middle of the game. Jordan Poole has been absolutely terrible, been super turnover prone. The whole team has been super turnover prone. Well, I'm looking oh, at it was ugly. It was ugly. Yes. Well, I'm looking at. Golden State, and I understand. I've been one of the main people saying this. When Golden State plays, yes, they have a free-flowing offense, so it's going to result in a lot of turnovers sometimes. But when I'm looking at some of their turnovers, it's not even in the offense. There were multiple turnovers where they're dribbling up into the half-court offense and a lazy pass gets thrown. Like The Kings are a very athletic team. All of the players they are playing are under the age of 26 who are playing with absolutely nothing to lose, who have never been here before. So they are playing way more hungry than we are. Oh, yeah. And then I think that's what we're seeing more so than anything. They just want it more. They want it more. And I think Steve Kerr is getting heavily outcoached. Yeah. Heavily outcoached right now by Mike Brown, who is the coach of the year. But he's getting outcoached. Like, I don't. I understand 
taking Jordan Poole's minutes away because if he's not scoring, he's really not stopping anybody on defense. He, he's such a liability on defense. Like he's yes. getting attacked. Mm-hmm. Someone but pointed out I don't. He's just a Tyler Hero clone, and yeah, I, I just don't get Kaminga barely getting PT this past game. I think Kaminga could be a huge difference maker because he is super young and super athletic. I expect him to play a ton of more minutes in game three. And I feel like DiVincenzo's even at times where I'm like, fuck, DiVincenzo should be in the game right now because, yes, Gary Payton is a better defender, but Dante DiVincenzo's more respectable from three. But the main key, if the Warriors want to win this series, which I can see, I see a world where they win the next two at home. The only two teams in the league that are better at home, record-wise, than Golden State is Memphis and it is Denver. Golden State has taken care of business at home all season long. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. They still need to go out and win these games, obviously. Like, because Draymond Green is now suspended for Game 3 on Thursday. We'll see what this team is really made of. We'll see how Steve Kerr is going to coach this team to a win without their best all-time defender and see what they do. But I see a world where they can still win this series. They can still win the next two games at home, but we're going back to Sacramento in game five. I see a world where that happens, but there's also a world where, like, the Kings are just wanting it more. That's what it is. And I'm sorry, Steph Curry cannot do it all. He can't. They have, with Jordan Poole not playing good, they have nobody to relieve pressure off Curry whatsoever. Klay Thompson... I'm sorry, Clay Thompson. You're wanting a fucking max contract, but you can't disappear for three fucking quarters. You, you can't, can't do it. You, you can't, can't disappear for three quarters. And then this is a thing that I said at the deadline when we talked about at the deadline on the pod. Why the fuck did we not go out and get a big? Why did we not yeah. go out and get a big? Because the game, if we're being honest, the game was over once Kevon Looney fouled out or got in foul trouble. The game was over because he was the only person giving. And honestly, when Draymond is on Sabonis, Sabonis struggles heavily to score the ball. And then once Kevon Looney got in foul trouble, then it was free game because we didn't put Kaminga in, who I think Kaminga can play that small ball five. Yes, he's obviously not going to stop Sabonis, but him being athletic at the rim can help us with our rebounding. And then I think in game three, Kaminga needs to play a lot more. Um... DiVincenzo needs to play more. And I think since we don't have Draymond, we definitely need to. I think Kaminga should be in the starting lineup. I think he we got to go. He won't, though. He won't. Yeah, he won't. But I think we need to go Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Looney. I think that needs to be the starting lineup. And then you bring everybody else. Like, you need a, you need a great game out of pool. And I will say, like I brought up earlier, role players play better at home yeah. and you've seen that's what that's what has been the difference maker i can see i could see a easy jordan pool 35 point game in game three and it's not like 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 i said both of these games have been close and we've played horrible and we have gotten nothing from our role players meanwhile sacramento's role players have been playing outstanding i need to say this right now the same shit let Austin Reeves drop 30-plus against a Golden State team, he would be on every news source known to man. But I didn't see Malik Monk on anything 
these past two games he's had against us where he's went off. But it's Austin Reeves because he's playing with LeBron, that he's everywhere. And the narrative, one more thing, the narrative that I've seen about Jordan Poole and Austin Reeves, the recency bias is fucking crazy. But game one, Jordan Poole had 17. That's a normal game for Jordan Poole. Austin Reeves getting 17 to 20 is getting talked about because that is not a normal game for Austin Reeves. That's that's the majority of what I gotta say. I'm not on the Austin Reeves hype train either. I'm sorry, I just, but are you are you implying that people think that Austin Reeves is better than Jordan Poole? Is that something you see? Yes. No way. There's did you not see our dog. group chat on Sunday? I was at work. Our group chat. Oh, like just from what There's, I see, I don't know why they compare Jordan Poole and Austin Reeves. Like, there's no like, way. I'm sorry, no. And then, uh, see, I always think these are bullshit. Uh, insider was projecting his contract, Austin Reeves' contract, four years, ninety nine million. I was like, wow, he's no. gonna go to Detroit and be irrelevant again. No one's paying twenty five million dollars for Austin Reeves. I'm sorry, this isn't. Yeah, no, no. This this has gone too far. This has gone too far. It's got to be a bit. It has to be. I hope it is. Yeah. He's an, ind- he's an industry plant. <laughs> yeah, he is a psyop. He's a fucking industry plant. But I do... This is a huge game for Golden State. And we're... Let's not act blind to it. This is something they've struggled with all year is turnovers. Oh, and winning on the road? Turnovers, yeah, winning, winning yeah, on the road, and the that's fact, kind of the, weird. That's kind of weird that the team that was awful on the road, winning in the regular season, is couldn't win a game on the road. In the uh, yeah, so who saw this going? It's also the foul trouble, like the fouling. Like honestly, I've have seen some questionable ones. It's foul trouble, turnovers, and taking stupid shots. Yes, I see Wiggins. I, I see Wiggins take the most "I'm him" shots ever. For no reason. Wiggins was hooping last game. He was hooping way yes, better. But like he just takes the most random fucking shots that just don't need to be, just don't need to be taken. I think the missing He's piece first. is Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is always the missing piece. If we have a good game out of Jordan Poole, I can almost guarantee you that we will win both these games. That's all. It's it, Jordan Poole is the missing piece because he's the only person that is creating his own shot consistently, other than Curry, that can kind of. Pull the same gravity as Curry can with the ball. But I do I think he'll You need more I think he'll show up. you need more coming in minutes. Yes. More coming in minutes. I think Jordan Poole I do think Jordan Poole is gonna have a big game on Thursday. Home crowd, I think our role players show up just like fucking the Kings role players. Nah, you guys might blow them out in game three. Loki. Not having Draymond. No Draymond. Team's sick. pissed off. They're gonna be shooting. Gonna have to have com- get your like Seeker's gonna have to give Kaminga minutes. And DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo. He's and that will work. So he's like, wow, I can actually do this. And then yeah. Your are pissed off. You're at Chase Center. Yeah, Warriors and six. No, I don't know about that, but I think Warriors if we Warriors win game three mightily. I think if we can tie this series up 2-2, two, two, 
we get two we could possibly get two more chances at Sacramento to go win one on the road. And it's just that's just that's the question mark. But I also I hate to say it, like it's cool when we see these role players go off and in the playoffs, like we just saw Tory Craig have a monster game and was a huge reason why the Suns were able to win like they were against the Clippers. But like role players play better at home. That is what it is. It's always been like that. You have seen the Sacramento role players. Davion Mitchell hit a dagger three against this last game. Has been tremendous the first two games of the series. Malik Monk, who's playing like an all-star caliber player. Like now people are like, the fuck does Charlotte get rid of Malik Monk? Why do the Lakers not have Malik Monk anymore? That's what the conversation is now. Oh my God. And then you see somebody like Trey Lyles, game one, having 17 off the bench. Like role players play better at home. I expect our role players to play better at home. And we're acting like this is a crazy thing because I've been seeing a lot of like, oh, Warriors getting swept. If anything needs to be talked about, it's just Sacramento taking care of business. Sacramento's the higher seed. The Warriors are the sixth seed. Sacramento's the three seed. Sacramento's been great at home all year. They took care of the t- two home games. Uh, like, don't uh, don't pull the underdog card now. No, I'm not pulling the underdog card. I'm just being realistic. Like, Sacramento's been good all year. Like, I never came into this series saying that we were just going to dog walk Sacramento. Did no, I think we were going to no, win one? At no, the... but you did have you guys winning the finals. Oh, of course. And now you're saying, man, we were supposed to win anyway. Okay, well, my on, mindset, man. the best case scenario was for us to split the first two in Sacramento. Like, the crowd in Sacramento... They were not. They were not going to lose both those games. No, 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 no. I, I, I do agree with you when you said that. I don't know if you've said that yet on stream. We were talking about that before, um, before we started. But no team was going to beat them in these. Yeah, I don't think early. any team was going to beat Sacramento in these first two games at the crib. They in my opinion, for sure, that place was rocking. Basketball gods did they? They overruled on that one. There was nothing you could do. Hmm. It's uh, make or break. Just like it was kind of make or break for the Suns tonight and the Cavs tonight. Two big wins. It's going to be make it or break it for the Warriors. I do think the Warriors are going to take care of business in game three. I do too. Even without Draymond Green. I think, I'm not going to say it's going to be a wake-up call for Sacramento, but I think the Warriors are just going to take care of business in game three. And what about... uh? What about what? What do you what do you think about that stop? We we got to talk about it. We just have to. We we just do. Oh yeah, we should talk about it a little bit. Um, because yeah. to me, I saw a couple angles that looked like Sabonis A got shoved down by Clay. It's getting lost in all this. Clay just kind of like just kind shoves him down, and then Sabonis he's kind of a wimp, so he like falls and like kind of flop sells it. But then he's covering his face. He's not grabbing Draymond. He's, his hands are nowhere near Draymond's ankle. It it gets kind of like wrapped up like in his arm when he's trying to just like cover his face. But he was not grabbing Draymond's ankle. And I, I, I hope Draymond sees that and says something because he's making it seem like Sabonis like went and like actively like grabbed him. Because this is far from what happened. Well, I, I just disagree. Like, here's my take on the thing. Both players made dumb 
plays. It, either either one. I hate how some either I hate how both sides are trying to make it seem like it's only one sided when it's really not. Yes, did Sabonis get pushed down? Yes, it's physical basketball all fucking series. They were going for a rebound in late game situation. I'm sorry he got pushed down. But and like at this point, half the team was already well past Sabonis, besides two Warriors players. He swears to God the whole narrative. And uh, mind you, I'm on neither side, even though Draymond's my guy. Neither side of this. You are not on neither side. I'm not on either side because Draymond shouldn't have did that shit. He shouldn't have been talking to the crowd because we were losing the game. I'm not on Draymond's side at all because the stop was ridiculous. But Sabonis, when I heard him talk about it, Sabonis is acting like he didn't. Oh, he was protecting his face. Sabonis had his entire arm around Draymond's leg and cuffed it like this. When Draymond tried to step up, face. he was no reason trying to cover his face. Nick knows he what I'm talking about. Ground. He wrapped both arms whoa, around. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. Don't throw me into this. Did y'all not see the play? Here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I, I will not. I'm not going to say what his intentions, what um, Sabonis' intentions were. I don't know if he was trying to fucking wrap there. his leg in there or if he was just trying to cover his face could have been either way either way we have seen people pull people down before whether it's on purpose or not you don't stomp on somebody like that yeah you just don't that's, do that that's the other part of it i've seen what was that i've seen more than a handful of videos of people grabbing people on the leg and i've never ever seen someone stomp like that to get somebody off it's no, so, it's not like and Draymond's wrong for that. And 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 Sabonis way more wrong. I don't know if you way want to get more wrong. Oh yeah, Draymond's and, way in the wrong, but I don't think Sabonis is just so off the hook no, because no, no, he's no, the victim. No, no, no. I don't think and with with them giving the suspension to Draymond, you have I don't think you can give Sabonis the benefit of the doubt. I think you have to punish him a little bit as well. So like I think the what technical that he got was warranted. I just feel yeah, like... But I also think the suspension is warranted because I think that's so cross the line. It was, it was, yeah, it was egregious. <laughs> Both, yeah, everything was warranted. I just don't, I find it so convenient. I've never, ever in my life seen somebody cover their face like this, bro, on the ground, <laughs> bro. Like, and it just, it's, oh, the weirdest coincidence to where he has Draymond's whole foot in this grass. But like, and I can also see a scenario where like, he, okay, like you just get knocked down. You look up and like your arms are already in a certain position and you just see Draymond's big ass about to step. It looks like he's about to step on you and you just go like this. Out of just he, fucking reflex. I could see that be also being true. And it just happened. His legs fucking stuck. Sabonis it also doesn't help that it's Draymond. Like I dream, like if it was yeah. any other player in the league, this is like not even close to as big of a deal as it is. But it's fucking Draymond Green. Yeah, no, no other player except for maybe Grayson Allen is. And I don't even hate. I don't even hate Draymond like that. It's just that was just crazy. Draymond was just stepped on bro and then pushed off on like, bro. Just, just, I was just like, just oh stopped on him. Okay. I, I, like, right. I just don't. Yeah, do that. I, was, I just I don't really think his arms, though, man. 
I just don't believe his arms were just coincidentally just in that position to cover his face. They were already moving towards the fetal position when he was like mid fall. It was oh, dude, fetal position so good though. Dude he acted like he was dying. Up. He acted like he was dying on the court. He got X-rays. Then they went to see check his lungs. I'm like, how hard did he fucking stomp on you? Because you finished he the game. Him hard. But like you finished the game. Low key, he doesn't get X-rays if they don't. If this like isn't a huge big deal. No, oh no. no, 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 They did record. that so he would get suspended to make a bigger, a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. Because wanted X-rays. He stepped too, on it. So. He obviously stepped on him. Right. Let's not forget Sabonis is like six ten, six eleven. This is a grown ass man. He sold it well okay. for sure. I'm not saying it probably didn't hurt because it probably did, but he, he finished the whole game. He stomped on. Him. Like he stomped on. Him. I understand Isaac. But he finished the game. The whole X-ray shit, I feel like, was all publicity to make sure he gets suspended. This 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 conspiracy theory. Because if his lungs, I don't think he was. I really don't think he was that hurt. If his lungs were in that much jeopardy, he wouldn't have finished the game. It's just so much more fun that he he wanted X-rays and got him. And Draymond wanted X-rays, but he didn't get them. This man Draymond, yeah, he Draymond wanted X-rays on the ankle. <laughs> he did. <laughs> the Warriors like no, you, you, <laughs> no. You I did think that it. was funny. I did think we're that was funny. You, we're not, we're not giving you X-rays. Okay? What the fuck? And so then funny. apparently, some bonus is like questionable for Thursday. You're definitely playing. Stop fucking playing the stupidest narrative. Yeah. I just think if he like, cause they're, they're just trying to make Draymond look as bad as yes. possible. Which I understandable, soft, like He's understandable. Soft. Yeah, it's just like if the X rays on the lungs is wicked to me because if they were that bad for X ray purposes, then you probably aren't finishing the game. Right. But that's just from my perspective. Both players are in obviously the wrong, in my opinion. Draymond obviously worse than Sabonis, but like Sabonis can't just can't get left off the hook because we don't know his full intentions. No, and different angles can show different stories. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing, though. We do know Draymond's intentions were to hurt Sabonis. So. Oh no, for sure. Draymond don't play that shit. Like he was like full intention. Like I'm gonna try and hurt you, and this is how Draymond I'm threw his whole ass balls. in Sabonis' face yeah. last game. Yeah, he sat on him. What? What is Draymond? Have they been have been going at it physically all series. Because earlier that game. Draymond Green like legit grabs an offense, just grabs a rebound, and like the, his momentum just took him out of bounds. And then Sabonis just randomly runs into him, and they try to call a foul on Draymond. Sabonis just running full force into Draymond Green, like you uh, can't see what's in front in, of him. In real time, it looked like Draymond like fucked him up for a second. Are you talking about when Sabonis ran yeah, back in when, when it got when it got fucking overturned? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, for a second it looked bad, but like it it didn't deserve to get a foul. No, he was like Draymond was almost falling backwards. I didn't think because of his momentum from the rebound. Yeah, he was almost like he was like still still. Falling. I don't even think Draymond knew Sabonis was behind him. He might not. Have. I, I didn't look at it like that much, but like just be, like I saw it in real time, I was like, oh shit! But no, it didn't. I don't know. Before we it's... go, I just I just, I got I just got to, I, I want to hear. Corey, do you honestly think 
that if Draymond Green would have been drafted to the Denver Nuggets, that he would be a multi-time defensive player of the year, all NBA selection, future Hall of Famer. Nuggets, so he was drafted just early. For example, it, it um, just the, not the Warriors. I don't think the Hall of Fame would have been a thing at all because Hall of, he also has four championships. So you're taking away four championships that the Warriors won with him being I mean, a big part. Gobert's so, a Hall of Famer, so if I Draymond do Draymond, still, I do still see Draymond being an elite level defender. Okay. Like I think he falls more. Obviously, the deep poison stuff came with more of a magnifying glass because he was playing for the Warriors, who were winning championships at the time. Obviously, but. We see somebody like P.J. Tucker, for example, get job after job and have an impact on championship-level teams because of his defense and his tenacity and his mindset towards the game. So I think this could be a good comparison because people, the main thing people say about Draymond, if he wasn't on the Warriors, he wouldn't have a bag offensively because he would, who would he be passing to? He's passing to Curry and Klay Thompson, two out of the top five shooters to ever play, right? I still think, but he would have phenomenal-level defense. That's never been something that like Curry and Clay have benefited him for. He's always been a great defender. I think he would have still been in the league. People think he would have just been out of the league. Like, look at PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker doesn't even score over five, six points a game, but PJ Tucker starts on a championship caliber team because of why? Because of his defense. And people just think, oh, just because you don't do shit on offense, defense is more damn near more important than offense in the league. When it comes down to winning. So I, I do think Draymond Green would have been still a elite level defender, even if he wasn't on the Warriors. And if he would have got the same kind of opportunity like he did, because his opportunity came with like injuries when he first started with the Warriors. All right. Well, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. The correct answer is no. He's a bum. I'm yeah. Sorry. Did you expect that that long of an answer? Yeah. Did you asked that. No, because no. I will not take Draymond Green slander. No, I'm sorry. Especially, the... I'll take slander when he actually does dumb shit like he just did to Sabonis. But, like, yeah. I'm not going to take the slander when it comes to somebody telling me that Draymond Green would be an absolute fucking bum when we have guys like P.J. Tucker in the league who are on the court for legit one fucking reason. P.J. Tucker is... can shoot. He can actually shoot. Draymond can't shoot. He has zero bag. but Not, like, no bag, like. PJ Tucker can like really shoot from the corner. Draymond can't even do that. He's wearing a backpack when he shoots, man. Draymond Green has way better ball handling skills than PJ Tucker. I mean, maybe because PJ Tucker hasn't needed to dribble the basketball since 2014. See, see, let's not talk about that then. But like, he's still Draymond hasn't really needed to shoot the ball like that. I, I don't know if I trust Draymond Green at all handling the ball though. Yeah, all maybe take a couple dribbles to pass to. Curry in the corner, but what do I, do I don't him to break down a defender and drive past him? No, I don't. I don't think we should. I this goes for everybody. I don't think we should penalize somebody for being drafted into a good situation. No, I just I was just curious, you know, because that's what it seems like. That's because I've seen this argument tons I'm, and times over the years, not just from like what you said, like over the years, like. I, I mean, it's it's luck. It's not 
penalizing. It's just more like I don't think he would have been good anywhere else. I just think I he... think the Warriors are the only team that he fits on. If you would put Michael Jordan on a bunch of other teams, I think he would have been great. I think if you would have put Cray Young on a bunch of other teams, he probably would have been pretty good or great or better. But I don't see a situation other than him being paired with the two greatest shooters of all time, with the greatest one of the greatest coaches of all time, with the most willing spending GM of all time. Other than that scenario that he's in, I don't see him being a valuable NBA player. He's also a role player. People forget. People put him on the same level as superstar players for some reason. When Draymond's never I mean, even been a crazy superstar level player. Maybe, maybe like a like a tenth man, like a like a Jared Vanderbilt. I think that's wicked, but that's probably wow. just me. There's so many cones in the league that actually don't know how to play basketball, and it's absurd that people actually think Draymond Green would be a bum in the league if he wasn't on the Warriors. I I just I I don't know, man. He just he, he's been he's been blessed, and he's he's lucky, and he's a millionaire, and he's got the greatest life that he could live, and he does this dumb, stupid stuff. All the time, man. How can you? How can you root for him? <laughs> like seriously, man. How do you, does you get tired of like mentally like justifying the stuff that he does? No. <laughs> you are a joke. You know that. Oh, okay. oh I can be you're, a joke. You're a joke. You're a joke. I, I mean, I've heard this argument for years. That if you don't have Draymond Green get drafted to the Warriors, he would be shit. I've even heard it about Clay Thompson. No, Clay Thompson would have been just fine. It's just, it's all right. It's all right. JJ, it's okay, man. It's okay. I think Clay Thompson probably would have, he would have been really good. He would have been like a, he probably would have ended up somewhere, stay put, because shooter like that, you don't like go. Clay Thompson might be top 10 most unlikable players in the league now. Clay Thompson? Yeah. Why? The, the, I don't know. Defensive he, he just kinda, Clay Thompson does annoying. nothing that makes you he's like kind of annoying, Thompson. dude. No. I no, he does everything that makes me annoyed. How? The fucking the same thing that he does the same. He's kind of like you as an NBA player. Ooh. Yep, you just did it. You just dealt with the four. Nick, does the, you like, have he, to know, that like you said, if he Devin disappears. Booker had four rings. Devin Booker would do mm. the same exact thing. If anybody in the league had four rings, they would do the same shit. But they don't. Four, Devin Booker had four rings. All NBA defensive second team, Joel Embiid. If Devin Booker had four rings, his career would be a lot better than Clay Thompson's. <laughs> Now we're just in the world of fantasy. Well, yeah. Devin Booker's going to get one ring. Devin Booker's going to get eight rings. We're All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Eight rings. Book it. We're going to wrap it up one here. This year. Thank, Thank you guys for listening to the Barrel Talk, Talk Podcast. Podcast. Hope we see you soon in the future episodes. <laughs>